Thanks for joining us today. We love to hear how God is using this ministry to impact your life. So share your story with us at info at And if God is using this ministry to impact you, we would like to encourage you to partner with us financially. You can do so online at fellowshipgj.com. Select the giving option that works best for you and help us bring the message of Christ to this community and beyond. Again, thank you for joining us and enjoy today's message. Okay, women, we know as men, you do not want us to fix your problem. But sometimes, sometimes, it's only about the nail. I think this video, humorous and a little bit disturbing, begs us to ask and to answer the question, is it possible that the answer to some of your greatest issues in life, the answer is obvious, but maybe not to you at this moment, maybe not to your loved ones either. I've been talking to God all week about this message with what's going on in the news and things that are happening in our country. Uh, I've been asking God to please allow me to speak to you uh, the words he wants me to tell you. I don't think that this is a time for just another sermon to be taught, another message to be uh, preached. I think this is a time for leadership, not just for uh, somebody to come forward with good sense, but for somebody to come forward with good wisdom, and not just good wisdom, God's wisdom. So I think what our, our people need today is is maybe Billy Graham stepping up to a microphone and calming things down and reminding people of a few things that are important. I think what our Christians need is a reminder of who you are in God and what God said over your life. So this morning, I want to ask you, if you would, to um, really listen for the next 20, 25 minutes. And for all you that are at home watching live stream on Facebook page, I, I want to ask you to stop what you're doing, get your kids, get your family. You don't have to be in the kitchen right now. Just sit down and listen to me for the next 20 to 25 minutes, because maybe the answer to the greatest issue and problems and anxiety that you're feeling right now, or that you felt this last week, well, maybe those answers are obvious. First, when it comes to salvation, when I was 17 years of age, I was just started the ministry. I had two or three little uh, messages that, that I had ready, and at being at 17, nobody wanted to hear me. So we would go to rest homes, and we would speak to those that were in rest homes and retirement centers and rehabilitation centers. We'd hold Sunday afternoon services and the nurses would come and they would, they would bring the patients that were there into a room and we'd talk with them. One day, I was going out after a message after talking to the people about how to know Christ as your Savior. And a man was sitting in the wheelchair in the, in the aisle, uh, in the hallway, and, and he stopped me. And I was saying goodbye to him. He said, well, wait a second, could I ask you a question? I said, yeah. He said, would you please tell me again how I can know that I will have a home forever in heaven when I die, because I'm not sure, you know, how long away, how far away that's going to be. And he was very frail, but his eyes were, were certainly clear, and his mind was clear. And so I began to tell him, and this is what, this is, this, he did not want to know the church way to be saved. He didn't want to know uh, the Mormon way to go to heaven or the Catholic way to go to heaven. He didn't care about the Baptist way or the Assembly of God way. He wanted to know what God's Word said about how he can have a home forever in heaven. And God's Word is clear. 
there is only one way in which a person can have a home forever in heaven, and that's through the person of the Lord Jesus Christ. You connect to the Father by connecting to his son Jesus. Now, Every person who doesn't know the Lord as their personal Savior has stumbled over this. It has not been as obvious to them as what God has made it in the Bible. Until I hope for you today. That particular man, as he asked me those questions, I reminded him that God only had one way. And we went on to talk about it. But here's the question I have for you. Why is it nobody argues with a one-way street sign? Why is it if you go downtown Grand Junction and you see a street that is one way, you don't argue with it? You don't try to work around it. If it's one way, it's one way. If somebody gets on a one-way street going the opposite way, all of us think there must be something wrong with that person. They're either on medication or they're being rebellious or they're just, they're mentally, they're, they're mentally not right. Because you don't argue with the one-way street sign. You either take it or you don't. If I were to invite you to my house this afternoon and say, come on over, that's an invitation. That does not mean you're entitled to come. If I were to say to you, this is my house, and if you want in my house, you will come through the front door. If you hit the front step and you start looking around the side of the house on how you can get through a window, you're not coming in. You go around to the back, think you're getting in the back door? Nope, that invitation isn't through the back door. If you start looking for a storm cellar, how you can go down, get up through the basement and come in, you can't come in either. Here's why. You're not entitled to it. You're invited to it. And if I invite you and say you're coming through the front door or you're not coming in at all, you're not coming in at all if you don't come through the front door. Our heaven belongs to our heavenly Father, and we are not entitled to go there on our merit. We're invited to go. And he said, there is only one way in which you will get into my heaven, and that is through asking my son, Jesus Christ, who died for you on the cross of Calvary, to be your Lord and your Savior. And it is through your relationship with him that you can have a relationship with me. And you will either come that way into my heaven, or you will not come at all. He makes this very clear to every person on this planet, regardless of what country, what background, what religion that they grew up in. There is one way and there's one way only. He says those way, that way very clearly, obviously in his word, John 14, six. Jesus said, I am the way. Now this is Jesus, I'm not saying he's the only way, he's saying he's the only way. He said, I'm the way, the truth and the life. And no one comes to the Father except through me. John 3, 16, you know it. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. And then really obvious in Acts chapter 4, verse 12, then there is salvation in no one else. For there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. That older man that day who prayed and asked Jesus Christ to come into his heart and save him, he died three days later. One of these days when I'm in heaven, I'm sure I'm going to run into him. I'll know all things up there, and he'll know, and he'll remember me. I'll remember him. But that day when he accepted Christ, and I heard three days later that he had died, something changed in me and changed in me forever. I realized that the greatest thing that I could accomplish on this earth from that day forward is to help people have a relationship with God by asking Jesus Christ to be their Lord and Savior. There is absolutely nothing more important than you and I can involve our lives in rather than introducing people to the Heavenly Father. Well, if you did what that man did and what I did at the age of 12, that means you're saved. That means you have a home forever in heaven. 
good for you and good for me, but we still have to do a lot of life until we get there. I was only 12. I still had to do all my teenage years. I still had to, you know, do that, do that, that, that time of being able to date Anna and then marry Anna and then have babies with Anna. And now all of a sudden, I go from being 12 to being a teenager to being married. And now I'm a father. And now I'm a provider. I went into full-time ministry. Well, now I'm a minister and a pastor. And I decided very early on, if I'm going to do all this, I have got to have some help that's greater than my efforts. So where's that coming from? I mean, I'm saved, I'm going to heaven, but here on this earth, there's a whole lot of challenges and issues and responsibilities that I needed help with. So what about that, God? What about giving me some help until I get to heaven? Well, Jesus was talking to his disciples on one occasion in John chapter 14. He was telling his disciples he was going to go home to be with the Father. He was going to leave them. And they were worried and concerned about that. They knew they needed the help that Jesus could provide. So Jesus said this to them, I will ask the Father and he will give you another what? Helper. Father, we need help. Well, I'll give you the helper. Okay, where do we look for? Where do we look to for help? Well, people look a lot of places for help. But God said, my children will look to me and I will give you God, the Holy Spirit, living within you as your helper. He will be with you forever, even the spirit of truth, whom the world, now this is important, what's going on in our nation, whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. Who? The helper. Our nation needs some help today. Huh? But they don't see him and they don't hear him. Could that be why there is such radical behavior that we're seeing going on in our nation? Could that be why there is such a panic situation and a hysteria that people go out and they buy all the toilet paper on the planet? Does that even make sense to you? I, I, I literally had to Google this and look this up. I read after, I think it was two different psychiatrists that explained people behave differently when there is something out of their control. He went on to say that when a person feels like something is important and drastic that is out of their control, they will do anything to make them feel better about being in control. Thus, toilet paper being the flavor of the month. <laughs> you said, is, is, that, is, that, is that logical? Absolutely not. But it's driven by people who do not have the helper because it neither knows him and does not see him. It says, but you know him, for he dwells with you, and he will be in you. So wait a minute. The world cannot receive the help, but I can. So that should explain how we should be the difference between those in the world and those of us who are God's kids. The helper is the difference maker. God only separates people on this planet in two different groups. Those who are his children by accepting Jesus, his son, as their Lord and Savior, and those who haven't accepted Jesus as their Lord and Savior who are not his children. And what he is saying is there are two different people, and the difference maker is that we as his children have the helper that the world doesn't have. So now I get it. 
There are some things that you and I see that the people in the world will probably freak out over. But we are not to be freaking out over those same things. We are not supposed to be watching them. They are supposed to be watching us. Let me say that again. When you see the behavior of what's going on in the panic and this, that, and the other, sure, there's certain things that we should do that are just flat-out common sense and probably should have been doing them all along. But certain things we should be doing. But, but, we're not to watch them and copy their behavior. They should be watching us and copying our behavior. And they can't do that if we are hunkered down in our house, clinging to toilet paper, waiting for all this to pass. Aren't you glad you tuned in? <laughs> okay. So now I'm saved. Now I have a helper. I got to provide for a family. I got to be a husband. Got to know when to apologize. Gotta, I got to have spiritual discernment. Got to have all these things. We're going to be a minister, all that. And I'm doing good up until the point where I have what I call idle mind time. If I'm busy, if I'm in a project, my mind's great. I'm going. We're moving. I got the helper. So we're getting things done. But if I slow down in the evening, if I turn on a little CNN, if I turn on a little MSNBC, even over to Fox News, if I watch any of these programs, all of a sudden, after I watch that for a little while, my idle mind time gets filled with, uh-oh, well, what if, what's that going to do our economy? How long can people shut everything down? There's no income. There's no this. What if, what if it gets worse? All of a sudden, I'm running all of these things through my mind and through my head because some of what they're saying sounds accurate to my flesh and to my mind. There has been a new player that has entered into the playing field of the opposition within the last few weeks. He's wearing number 17. Name on the back of the jersey, COVID. And he's young, and he's new, and he's uh, aggressive, and he's fast. Nobody really knows much about him. Now, our scouts, the best scouts we have, are trying to figure him out. They're trying to find out where his strengths are, and more importantly, where his weaknesses are. They're trying to find out if we possibly can shut him down. And if we can't shut him down, can we slow him down? And the best minds on the planet are working on that. But he's not the only one on the opposition's playing field. He's entered into a playing field where his teammates have been around a long time. And one of his teammates, well, he's a veteran. He's known as cancer. Cancer deaths in 2019, 606,880 with 1,762,000 new cases being diagnosed just last year, according to ACS. Another player, he's a veteran, been around for a long time. His name is Flu. The Flu deaths from October 1st, 2019, just, just a few months ago, only to February 1st, 2020, even with a vaccine available, 16,000 people died in that four or five month period of time. 280,000 more were hospitalized in that same period of time. And over a period of 12 months since 2010, between 12,000 and 61,000 deaths, 
take place annually due to a player called the flu. Heart disease, another veteran on the opposition's team. Since 2019, 634,000 people have died of heart disease. There are 28.2 million adults being have been diagnosed with heart disease that are living on the planet today. And how many more of those are gonna die over the next several years? Automobile crashes due to drivers that may have fallen asleep or they are reading or they are texting or, or they are just dis disconnected. 2019, according to the National Safety Council, 38,800 people. Huh. I know there are texting drivers out there coming 50 miles an hour right toward my car. I'm thinking they're going to stay at least three feet away from me when they pass. But what if they don't? 38,800 people have died. Should I stay home? Should I just sit in my car? Should I never run out of tank of gas? Should I walk everywhere that I go? Here's the bottom line. We have always lived with risk. Always. And it has never detoured our lifestyle. The enemy has always had players that come against not just our lifestyle, but come against our very life's existence as born-again children of God. And we play anyway. And we live anyway. Jesus himself said in this life, you will have trouble. Trouble, but be of good cheer. Good cheer means to be happy and to be optimistic. And with everything that I just mentioned other than COVID number 19, with everything else that I have mentioned, you have been able to live your life happy and optimistic with all of these things happening around you for years. And now a new player comes onto the scene. And you know why everybody's freaking out? Because he's new and we don't know much about him. Is it going to go away in a week or two? Are we going to have a vaccine that's going to take it completely out? We have a vaccine for flu, and that didn't take it completely out. He's probably going to be around for a while, and he's going to be, watch this, another means down the road that take out people's lives that have an upper respiratory, or maybe they're over the age of 80, or they're vulnerable in some way. He may be one of these others. We're reading statistics on three, four, five years down the road. He may be. And should he, that player, alter our lives as born-again children of God? When God said you have been put into a world that's going to have trouble, you think cancer could be categorized as trouble? You think the flu that's killing people can be categorized as trouble? Huh? Yeah. Do you think COVID number 19 can be categorized as trouble? Oh, yeah, that player's trouble. We'll keep an eye on him. That pl we'll put some more people on that player is trouble. We get it. We understand that. But did Jesus not say, hey, until COVID-19 gets here, after that, you guys freak out and just go ahead and... <laughs> no, he said, be of good cheer. Be of good cheer. See, here's the bottom line. None of you asked to be here. And God didn't get your opinion on whether you wanted to be. God didn't interview me prior to putting me on this planet and watch me being knit together in my weather's wombs by saying, Hooper, if you're, and by the way, you're going to be called Hooper when you get down there. Hooper, if you go down in this space and time, let me tell you why I think it's a good idea. Horse and buggy days are over. They got really nice Jeeps and trucks. You can drive one of those. And technology, no more rotary phones. 
Everybody's carrying around a phone in their pocket, a computer that's small enough to carry in their pocket. So it's a good time to go. And hey, Disney World's rolling. You can go to Disney World. You can take a cruise. Those are really nice ships. Hey, Maui's still out in the ocean. Woohoo! This is a good time for you to go. Hooper, would you go? How about now? Would you go? Would you like to go now? No, he didn't ask me. I didn't ask to be here. But now that I'm here, I love it. And then he said, but you don't get to stay there. Wait a minute. You didn't ask my opinion on that one either, Lord. Are you saying that now that I'm on this earth and I really love it and I'm I'm good with it, that you're going to take me out of it? Absolutely. When? Eh, I set an appointment. I have an appointment to leave here, yes. How am I going to leave? Not going to tell you. When am I going to leave? Not going to tell you. But you're leaving, and all your loved ones are leaving, and all of your friends are leaving as well. Nobody gets to stay, so don't feel bad. Nobody. I got an appointment for everybody on the planet to leave earth by some means. And those means are players on the other side of the field. How about that? Something has got to shut down our body when it is time to meet our appointment. Well, God, can I weigh in on that? Nope. Because I wouldn't pick cancer. I wouldn't pick dementia. I wouldn't pick growing old with having to have some kind of this. And I don't, I'm a man, so I hate pain. I wouldn't pick anything that's going to take me out that involves pain. I want to leave here with a heart attack in my sleep, holding on to my wife in a cruise ship suite outside of Maui. That's how I would choose. Can I do that? Can I do that? Nothing. He gives me nothing. I didn't, and it wasn't my idea, your idea to be here, not your idea to leave. But you're going to, and so is everybody else. And you can live the rest. That's why Jesus said, okay, so you're not going to get to stay. There will be a means to take you out. You don't know what it's going to be because it's an appointment you will keep that I will make sure that you keep. So instead of freaking out over every possibility of a means that might take you out before I want to take you out, go ahead and be optimistic and happy every day that is a gift that I have given you in this life. Because the greatest thing that I'm seeing in the news are people talking about, oh no, this could, this could mean that you could die or your loved ones can die. The greatest problem you could ever face is you could die or your loved ones can die. Listen very carefully. That is not the greatest problem you can face. The greatest problem you can face is that you could die or one of your loved ones could die who do not know Jesus as their Lord and their Savior. So that's why the answer is obvious. When it comes to salvation, Jesus, God said, it's about my son, Jesus. And if you haven't seen it, it's the obvious answer. Only him. When it comes to the help that you need until you get to heaven and leave this planet, and everybody freaking out and all the work that you're going to, everything you've got to do, living in a body in a spiritual world, what are you going to do? It's through God the Holy Spirit who is your helper. And when you need help, You turn to him because he's in you. And when it comes to your mind being just absolutely tossed one direction after another, 
because of all the words that you have bombarding you, you always remember that it is only his word that supersedes, covers up, and takes charge over everybody else's words. Would you all bow with me for prayer? I want to ask our lead pastor and his wife if they would to come up here and pray over us. You want them to stand? You guys want, you want them up? Yeah, would you guys please stand with us? It's one of those messages that we come in and we know it's true, but then we go out and we can be bombarded again with, with more of the fear, more of the talk, more of all that. So what we really need is we need God's help in this. So uh, let's just ask him right now to help us. Heavenly Father, as we lean into you, as we pull our hearts and our minds away from the things that have distracted us, things that we have been trying to trust in to gain that control. God, we wrestle that back and we hand it back to you. We surrender. And I pray right now in Jesus' name that you would bind up any attack from a spirit of fear against Fellowship Church, but against any Bible-believing church in our area. God, rescue your people. I love that about you, God. You have always rescued us before we even knew to ask for help. You were already there. And so I pray right now in Jesus' name that we would flip the script, that we would not look at the world and see what their answers are and feel like they are smothering us, but instead right now I pray that we would be light and we would be salt, and that light is like a fire. And I pray right now in Jesus' name, I bless our entire church with a bonfire blazing in their hearts that they would recognize and know that it is us who are affecting our community, not the community affecting us. I pray you would give us courage. You would give us boldness because if salt is no longer salty, of what use do we have? So I pray in Jesus' name that Fellowship Church, every believer would be like fire and would just remain salty. God, I pray we would be salty in our community. Give us the courage that we need to stand up for our faith, to fight back for our faith, to believe you above everything because you do supersede everything. You are limitless while we are limited, so we trust in you. We don't have all the answers, we don't know it all, but we know the one who does. Psalms 91 verse two says this, I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. I'm gonna read that one more time, church. I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. If you believe that, let's give our God a shout of praise today. God, our trust is in you as we go. We pray that you would strengthen us. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said? Amen. Amen. I love you, church family. Thanks for listening to this week's message at Fellowship Church. If you have not made Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior, I want to give you the opportunity to do that right now. The Bible says in the book of Romans, if you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. 
you can do that right now. I just want to encourage you to pray this prayer with me. Dear Jesus, I'm a sinner and I need forgiveness. Please forgive me of my sins. I believe that you are Lord, that you died on the cross for my sins and that you rose again. And God, I thank you for that. I ask you now to be my savior, to guide my life, and to give me a home forever in heaven. And God, I ask you this, in your precious son, Jesus Christ's name, amen. If you just prayed this prayer for the first time, or if you need prayer, we would love to hear from you. You can contact us at 970-245-PRAY or at prayer at fellowshipgj.com. Thanks again. We hope to see you next week.